0: Well, thank you, uh, Robert Huey and Vernon Tribes and Herbert Schmidt. You uh, did a great job. I love you. Uh, Shout out to Jackie Lorette. She took about, I think, 50 minutes of video and edited it down to a a tight 10 and uh, did a really good job. And uh, so I uh, I was really blessed by that. We had a lot of fun. We had to cut some stories. Some stories were uh, maybe a little... It shouldn't have been repeated. So, uh, but we had a lot of fun, and uh, I thought it would be a great way to celebrate Heritage Sunday. Uh, The story I have heard, and I don't know exactly how true it is, but, you know, our denomination uh, split over the Civil War, and then in 1939, North and South denominations came back together uh, to form one denomination Um, so everybody merged back together but Fredericksburg didn't merge back together and every few years the two churches would um, take a vote on uniting back together and it would get defeated and then I think about 1969 or 70, uh, I don't know if he actually did it or if he threatened to, but the bishop said, look, I'm not going to send two pastors to to serve two churches a block and a half apart. Uh, I'm just going to send you one pastor this time and you can work it out. Um, and they did work it out. Again, maybe that was just a threat and not what really happened, but um, they did, they did. They came back together and formed Uh, Something brand new and something uh, mightier and better and more wonderful than before. Well, um, when I was a kid, I'll just be honest, uh, my church would do the Heritage Sunday thing. And when I was a kid, I thought it was a total yawner, okay? Just, you know, to me, it just was talk, 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 talk about dead people and buildings that didn't exist anymore. And I didn't get it. Okay? I didn't get it. Robert Huey got it. Uh, He defined it. He said it best. He said, heritage is something acquired from a predecessor. Uh, Something acquired from a predecessor. Something given to you by those who came before. And that's what uh, they were talking about. The things that were given to them by those who came before. The things that we have received. By those who came before. I think that very idea is uh, going on in the scriptures that were read to you. Uh, The letter to the Hebrews. The letter to the Hebrews chapter 12. Chapter 12. Therefore, it says. Now, when I was in seminary, they said every time you're reading the Bible and you get to the word therefore, slow down. Slow down. Think about what's going on. Therefore, therefore the writer to the Hebrews says. The writer is writing to a congregation that is being persecuted, writing to a a congregation that is getting scattered. Hello. Uh, A congregation that is weary, is losing heart. In a world of powerful forces that seem ungodly, they are feeling weak and powerless. In a world in which the church is generally growing in the Roman Empire, their attendance has been going down. Some have stopped attending. Some have drifted off. Others have returned to a life of paganism and sin. Some are questioning their very faith. Their future as a community of faith seems in doubt. Forces beyond their control seem to threaten their very existence. Forces beyond their control seem to threaten their very future. Hello. Therefore, the writer says, therefore, after reeling off in chapter 11, an entire chapter of all the heroes of the faith, uh, he commends Noah, Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, Samson, the prophets, the martyrs. He goes on and on and on about these heroes of the faith that were persecuted. They were oppressed. They were threatened. They are at risk. They persevered. They kept the faith. They kept this thing going to give to their predecessors. Therefore... He says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the preserver of our faith. Hmm? This is your heritage. The great cloud of witnesses that has been going on for centuries is now yours. Now, I read that chapter eleven, that list of all the martyrs and the prophets and the heroes of the faith, and I for me it's it's very intimidating. I think I there's a, I don't know. I don't know that I could do that. I don't know that I could be that strong in my faith. But I think we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses all the time. It seems to us at times, but it's extraordinary in how it changes our life. Here in this congregation I see at Centerpoint, folks, I'm sure you've got that great cloud of witnesses as well. They all mention Melinda Werner. If you go through the scrapbooks, they the, the church talks about Melinda Werner more than any pastor any leader. She uh, was born, I think, in 18... 18- 95, passed away in the 1970s, I believe. Uh, She, a single lady, never married. She lived for church. She taught Sunday school. She baked. She did this. She did that. And when she passed away, the church grieved that she was gone. A witness. Part of the great cloud of witnesses. Someone who obviously in the video shared something that was life-changing, something in her own way that made a difference. I was thinking about the the heroes of the faith in my own life. I was thinking about uh, Reverend Eldon Reed, uh, who was pastor of our church back when I was a kid. And every Thanksgiving week, my parents, my family, several other families in the church, we would all go out to deep East Texas and, and camp out for Thanksgiving. It was Eldon Reed's place, and he was the host. And I, I couldn't have been more than 13. And one evening, were, he and I, just he and I alone, were standing around the campfire, and I, I asked him a, a theological question 13 years old. I asked him, about that verse in Matthew where uh, Jesus says all sins are forgivable except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And that verse had been bothering me and and so I asked him what that meant and he didn't give me some easy trite answer. On the other hand he didn't shoo me away oh you're just a kid you don't understand He, he talked to me as an equal and told me about different ways the church has tried to interpret that scripture over the centuries and then finally he said, George he said, you don't have to worry you don't have to worry about that verse he says, you you have a heart for the Lord you just don't worry about that one and it really began to open up Something for me that 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 the, the Bible wasn't just this cookbook or this math book and you just find the variables A and you find B and it's going to give you C every time and know that there's mystery here and, and there's room for different interpretation and understandings and expressions and, and that this could be a journey of exploration with the great cloud of witnesses, something. That we have received from those who have gone before us. And then you get Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 9. And... Um, where it's, that part's very familiar to us where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul. But then it starts off about talking about all the laws and the commandments and the decrees and the fear of the Lord. And then it says, love the Lord with all your heart. And I think for us Americans, I don't know if it's a limitation of language or, or what, but when we think about law and we think about commandments, I don't know that we automatically just connect that with love, Right? How's that all one piece? Well, it says, uh, obey these laws and commandments so that it may go well with you, so that you may enjoy long life, so that you will increase greatly. Well, if you love somebody, that's your wish for them. you, You love your kids and you want them to enjoy long life. You want them that it might go well for them. You want them to prosper and increase and and so I think we have to remember that, that the Israelites uh, when they were at their best they saw the law uh, not as a burden but as a gift that how we take care of each other. This is is about our relationships. This is how we protect one another. We don't steal from each other. We don't kill each other. We don't violate each other. We make sure that justice is the same for the rich and the poor and that those who are the most helpless in our culture, most economically vulnerable like widows and orphans and and aliens that they're taking care of because God loves everything. Every one of us and God wants every one of us to to live a long life and that it might go well with us. They protect each other. So we were doing the video the other day and one of the best stories uh, Herbert Schmidt told me actually out in the hallway uh, after we got through videoing and I Herbert, I, I hope you don't mind me telling this story. I'll leave out the names to protect the innocent, so to speak. But Herbert, who uh, was an electrician, he had a neighbor, and this neighbor offered him a really big job. Uh, it would have been a really profitable big job. And Herbert told the guy, he said, "I I don't think I should work for you." And the guy said, "Why not?" And he says, well, we're neighbors. He said, we might get cross with each other if we do business together. And the guy said, no, it's not going to happen. And it didn't happen. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Herbert, Herbert understood that his relationships were more important than money. And in this coronavirus, maybe we're all either learning or relearning that what well, what what have we learned church what do we miss what do we crave and long for our our relationships the, the way we live together as a community of faith taking care of one another and depending on one another and blessing one another I, my bank account is better than that no no Therefore, (laughs) right? Therefore, teach it to the children, Deuteronomy says. Pass it on to the next generation. Make sure they get this. What I really loved was the part that got left out of the lectionary. uh, the, The verses that come right after that in Deuteronomy. Verse 10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers. A land with large flourishing cities you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things, you did not provide. Wells, you did not dig. Vineyards and olive groves, you did not plant. Then, when you eat and you are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget it. The Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, who rescued you, who saved you, who blessed you, who loved you. You know, most of you watching this, this sanctuary, we didn't build this. Those who came before us built it. Uh, this church, we didn't pay for this church. Those who came before us paid for this church. The Bible, we didn't write the Bible. Huh the prayers the lord's prayer the apostles creed we didn't make that up huh those who raised us the sacrament that we did not invent those who taught us the faith those who nurtured the faith the church that has existed throughout the centuries that we did not create therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, since we've been given all this as a free gift of God because he loves us, since we have such a heritage to pass on, let us run the race with perseverance, striving towards Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. Amen.